Welcome to Scrollin' episode 106. I'm Ket, and uh, back with me, Davia Starjumper. Welcome back, man. Thank you much. Here I am. Ready to you go. Your, your family vacation? You guys have a good time? It was a good time. A lot of people, a lot of kiddos around. I don't want to dox you, but do you want to give us an idea of wh- where y'all went or what kind of vacation it was? Sure, 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 sure. So it was a, a lake vacation. Uh, okay, alrighty. Shout out! I did my best impression of being Uncle Sam. Drove a boat for a week. Oh, uh, nice pontoon boat or like a like a ski boat or what? It's it's a it's I, I guess probably a a ski. <laughs> Sam's asking, did you drive the family pontoon? <laughs> the again, family pontoon. What? It's not a pontoon boat. Like it's an actual. It's an actual. I guess you would say ski boat, but it's pretty big. It's twenty twenty seven okay. and a half foot ski boat so i mean that's big for me sam's probably yeah. like that's a little little do you guys like boat. have a inner tube out there or anything or oh yeah we got oh, we nice. tubing happen i um, love it hit the hit the marinas you know, just drive the boat around the lake hit the marinas did a lot of tubing in my youth whole lot of tubing oh yeah you know it's different now though like the the tubing of our youth is not tubing of today let me just point no. that out this is a this is this is big so the tubing of today, I don't know if you've seen today's tubes. No, it's been a while. It's basically a full chair. It's got a back. You sit on it. You, oh, your no. feet are in front of you. You've got a full back support you're leaning on. No, as you're it's getting belly down pulled. face first is yeah, how we went. Yes. Yeah. We, got, we were on a thing that like somebody, you know, it felt like somebody put vas- Yeah, somebody put, like, and they put Vaseline on it. You're hanging on yeah. with all your life. You're flipping and you're getting thrown. No, no, no. Oh, and, and my cousins who were driving the boat or my dad or my uncle, whoever it was, yeah. there was no like, oh, they're kids. Let's take it easy. It was, yeah. I mean, full throttle, just that, brutality. <laughs> yes, that used to be the, the passive aggressive way, you know, parents and dads let it out on, on, on children. <laughs> that was the way. They'd save it all up till you were too. You can't beat your kids, but hey, we're having fun tubing out here. We, you know? can, <laughs> we can we can drive the boat when they're on the tube. No, like falling off uh, the tube is a rarity nowadays for kids. Like they usually will ride an entire tube ride from like one side of the lake to the other. No falling off. No nothing. Uh, we would flip them. You know, you'd yeah. have to fight it to keep it from flipping. That's, you know, how, and... that's how we handled turns back in the day. You're on the yeah. tube till you fall off. All right, next person's turn. You know, hey, wipe up that bloody nose real quick. No big deal. But yeah, now tubing, it's a totally different, it's a bit different ball game nowadays. No, no falling off. Just they're back there on a floating couch, you know, getting pulled around the lake. Probably for the best. Honestly. Probably. It was not safe. <laughs> probably a little safer nowadays. This is true. This is true. Um, Anyway, um, what's going on? Public test server version 9.1.0 and 9.1.1. So it's weeks one and two. We have a new PTS uh, a little sooner than I was expecting. I think it's only like five or six weeks after the last patch. Seems quick, right? Seems a little quick. Seems pretty quick. And as far as I can tell, there's no name for this one. Because if you remember, there's no content coming. There's There's no dungeons or anything like that. Um, it's just a quality of life and bug fix and balance patch is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just refer to it as update 39. That's the only name there is for it, basically. Just rolls right off the tongue. Update 39. Update 39. So we'll just kind of go through the big bullet points of the stuff that's here in the in the patch notes. Uh, number one is they're they're doing these quest improvements for new players is how they're wording it. 
Um, basically, my summary of this is they're they're hiding certain quests from players until they reach a certain level or achieve uh, or if they reach certain achievements. Um, so it's kind of like this slow drip of quests as you're progressing and as you're leveling up, rather than just getting bombarded with all these quest markers. You know, mm -hmm. as soon as you enter a major city and you don't know which direction to go, this will kind of help guide you down the path you're supposed to go. I think a little bit better. You know, won't really have any effect on us, but I do think that is actually a really, really good change. Like, yeah, I think I would have appreciated that a yes, few years ago. Absolutely. Sometimes, like, especially with how big the game is now, it's just like you'll do a quest, you'll you'll be in one spot, and you'll have you'll max out your quest log with you know taking yeah. six steps. And so, I think that actually is a really, really good change for new players. Yeah, I have this thing. If I see uh, a quest marker, like someone offering me a quest, I take it like mm -hmm. every time. So I'll mm -hmm. fill up my quest log really quick. Yep. So, I right like that. The only new thing being added to the game, we're, we are getting these three new uh, Cyrodiil monster sets. So we'll talk about those here. So we have um, J-E-R-A-L-L, Jeral Mountains Warchief. Uh, so the one piece is a line of weapon and spell damage, and the two piece... Uh, dealing damage applies a stack of malady to your enemy, reducing healing taken by 1% for 5 seconds up to 35 stacks. Uh, you can apply stacks every 0.5 seconds. Um, applying malady gives you a stack of contagion, reducing your healing taken by 1% for 5 seconds. Uh, but that caps at 15 stacks, uh, and those stacks generate every 1 second instead of 0.5 seconds. So basically, when, when, when all stacks are maximum on this thing, your enemy has 35% reduced healing, and you have 15% reduced healing. And it's all unique, so defiles and everything else can, can stack on top of that. Seems really strong. What do you think, Davius? It does seem really good. I, I really like debuff sets. I think debuff sets are a really cool idea. On this one, I'm really struggling getting past... The self debuff. I know it's only fifteen percent compared to the thirty-five percent, but it's you know it's like you know we we always look at things through kind of the BG lens, and in a BG you're dealing damage to a whole bunch of people, so you may sprinkle out a bunch of these stacks on five, six different enemies. Well, all six of those stacks are coming back to you. So like I feel like it's much true. more likely for you to be at that fifteen percent than for somebody else to actually be at the thirty-five percent. And so that worries me a little bit. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, do you put it on a support build? But that's tough because, you, you know, you need to be able to heal yourself. And then I was like, well, maybe there's like some sort of like debuff tank set that's out there. But then even that kind of goes against it because if you're really trying to build a tanky set, you need to have healing. But, you know, maybe there's like a debuff tank where your tankiness isn't coming from actual heals. It's coming from other areas. And that could that could be potentially cool. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. Like, yeah, you, you're right. It probably is a lot more effective in like a one v one scenario. But if it's if there's multiple enemies around, you're you're like getting debuffed faster than everyone else, basically. I know nothing about dueling. Uh, Uncle Sam will have to weigh in this, but this seems like an unbelievable dueling set. Seems like a great dueling set. It also seems to me like it would be a very good set for an Arcanist specifically, since they're so reliant on damage shields, not so much on healing. That's um, a great point. They might. Yeah, they might be able to take really good advantage of that. Also, uh, it procs by dealing damage, dealing any kind of damage. Uh, and um, Arcanists make really good dot builds because they have that passive that increases uh, status effect damage by 15%. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So a lot of arcanists really build into that. Uh, so, you know, an arcanist that is built like that could generate those stacks very, very quickly. They're relying on those shields more than healing to stay alive. So could be a great set for an arcanist. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uncle Sam says it's very strong. He already He's already hearing the best duelers talking about it. Yeah, seems like a great dueling set. Seems like it'd be just, I mean, required for dueling. I mean, basically, that 15% gets nullified by the fact that your enemy also has an, you know, an equal amount of healing reduction plus yeah. 20, 20 more percent on top of that. So you're at an advantage. I, I would say if you're up against someone who does have it and you don't have it, you know, going back at them, you're probably at a severe disadvantage. <laughs> What's funny is now I'm imagining two people dueling. They both have it. Just no more healing and duels. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get the 35 plus the 15% debuff plus plus other debuffs. That's, oh man. Um, so yeah, I think we'll see a lot of that. Um, the next one is Nibine Bay Battle Reeve. The one piece gives you a line of crit resistance and the two piece when you are forcefully moved via a pull, knockback, or teleport ability. Gain a damage shield that absorbs up to 15,112 damage for six seconds. The shield is not affected by battle spirit, so you get the full the full amount. Uh, it has a 14-second cooldown, so what, like a 40% uptime? Not too bad. Um, and while you do not, while, while the damage shield is not active, you reduce damage taken from players by 5%. So even when you don't have the shield, uh, you're getting something good out of it. I mean, that's that's minor protection, a unique minor protection. Mm. So, um, so the proc condition is when you are forcefully moved via a pull, knockback, or teleport ability. So it's not any CC ability. It's specifically like when your character model is moved to a different spot on the ground than when you're than where you're standing. Right. That's that's how it gets uh, procked. Um, fourteen seconds. So every fourteen seconds, you can get a fifteen thousand mm. damage shield. And and if if it's procking based on that, it's probably at a moment when you really need a damage shield. Mm. Uh, and even when you don't have the damage shield, you have a unique damage mitigation, you know, that's equivalent to minor protection. Seems extremely good. Seems very, very, very good. I've got to go negative Nord on this. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> here I go. Uh, I'm not crazy about this one. One, it, I feel like they've really twisted my insides on this because we talk about this all the time. We hate most abilities we hate if it's a pull not like if it's if it's an ability that's forcing you to move and you don't have control of it we're not crazy about those abilities yeah so the fact that they've targeted that and then like made a set that it's like all right you know trying to convince players not to necessarily use those it's like oh nice but then i read the rest of what this is and i just i'm not crazy about it. i i don't like this new theme or thing that they have going on where it's damage shield not affected by battle spirit i'm yeah that's in dangerous territory there. i am highly concerned with that theme like they've they've thrown a couple of those out here lately and i'm very concerned like there's a reason shields are halved in bgs like there's a reason battle spirit nerfs shields so bad uh and we kind of already see it right now right with the arcanist like you know, oh, yeah. there's a couple Arcanists on the team, and they're using that shield ability, and you can't, you can't get through them. Nobody's and so dying. when we're adding in more of this, you know, not affected by battle spirit shields, I, man, I'm getting real worried for what that's going to be to tankiness. Yeah, um, this is just a hard counter to any Rush of Agony build, right? Anyone who's using Rush of Agony to do these, like, pull-in bombs, you're just immune to that 100%. 
That's what I hate. I love uh, anti-Rush of Agony. I can't stand yeah. Rush of Agony, but like, I don't want this to be the like. Instead of nerfing Rush of Agony, now we've added in like another level of mess. Mm-hmm. Because like, yes, this is great against Rush of Agony, but now if you're you know more of a regular player and you like you know we talked about what abilities are you kind of used regularly. So if you're a you know a Templar and you you know they throw the spear with the knockback, now you're giving them. A damage shield. Mm-hmm. Like, you're almost buffing them. Like, here, I'm going to throw the spear at you so you're not going to die. Yeah, like, if you if you know they're wearing that, you probably want to hold that spear. Yeah. You're right. You're totally I, right. I just don't like that that, like, I love, you know, try to, try to make not Rush of Agony. Love that mindset, but I don't like what this does to players that use use pull. Or, like, you know, like, what about a, what about a Necro that has the armor buff that pulls people in? Mm-hmm. I don't yep. want. I don't want that guy on my team. Like, <laughs> if if the enemies have this, that guy's just keeping everybody on the other team alive. So I just, I'm just not crazy. I'm just not crazy about the the tankiness level of this. I bet this gets nerfed before it goes live. I tell you what, though, if it's still pretty strong, I probably will just kind of have it in my inventory for when we're squatting up. And if we notice, like, oh, this is a rush bomb team, yeah. I'm I'm going to put that set on. You know, just just have it ready. Just in Every, case. yeah, everyone should. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's, it's, if it's a good rush bomber with like good team support and lots of buffs and stuff, it's very little you can do a lot of the time. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it'd be nice to have that option. Like, okay, I'm just going to be immune to that. Yeah, Sims too strong. Both of those too strong. Uh, and then we have Colovian Highlands General. These are all um, like, uh, like military titles, right? We have War Chief, Battle Reeve, and General. Love the names of them. Awesome names. Yeah. Love that theme. Colovian Highlands General. So the one piece is a line of uh, penetration, 1487 penetration. And then when you kill a player, gain a stack of blood debt for 0.5 seconds. Uh, when blood debt expires, you gain you and up to five group members within 28 meters gain 15 ultimate per stack of blood debt. So it's a weird one. I, I have not tested this, but I've just kind of analyzed the wording here. I think the idea is so it's these these stacks it only lasts this blood debt thing only lasts half a second and then when it expires you get the ultimate right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's no cooldown on how how often you can get stacks so I'm guessing this is like if you're a bomber build this is like a reward for a successful bomb right you get a yeah. bomb it gives you a whole bunch of ultimate back and you can turn around and just bomb over right over again just back to back bombs basically yep. Um, that's kind of how I'm thinking you use this. When you kill a player, gain a stack of blood debt for 0.5 seconds, and then when it expires, everyone within 28 meters gets 15 ultimate per stack. So yeah, you kill 10 players, you know, is that 150? 150 ultimate? for your whole team. For your whole team. So, you know, you, you, drop, you drop a bunch of Dawnbreakers, and everybody just gets their Dawnbreakers right back, and drops them all again. Pretty sick. This is this is actually my. I favorite. like this one. Yes, yeah. this is my favorite one of the new sets. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, and it's it incentivizes just, you to go hard, right? Like yeah. crank the damage. I like uh, that. I love that it's team centered. It's also giving it to you, mm-hmm. and it benefits the team offensively, defensively. Yeah. So I kind of love. I kind of lo- love this one. Any other DKs that are on your team, like their sustain is going to feel really good because they're just getting that ultimate more often. Yeah. Yeah, great, and, great and set. It, what if a couple of players are wearing this? Oh yeah, you know, you do a four stack of DKs. Throw every every one of them throws this on it. Like now we're talking. That's some fun right there. Yeah. 
maybe get like a four squad, like two people with this, two people with Baylorg, or I don't know. You could kind of play around with it and figure out what works well. Yeah, to, you know, because you still got to get the kills. But I, I actually really, really love this one because I love that it works like you just like you said, like it's it's kind of designed for a bomber. You know, a bomber can really do some cool stuff with this. But I also love it just for a player that's in a BG getting kills. Like it's it's pretty good rewards if you're just getting one stack at a time and getting rewarded for that. Yeah, even just kind of thinking of it as like a slow, a slow trickle of ultimate, it's yeah. really not bad for that either. Yeah, so honestly, all three of those seem extremely strong. The Yeah, the first yep. two are very defensively focused, which we're usually not a fan. We don't <laughs> like incentivizing a, a turtley meta. Absolutely. Uh, but that last one, they're very cool. Yeah. There's also these uh, PvP death notifications. This is technically counts as a PvP update. They've people, done it. Though. They've they've made a PvP change. This is PvP it content. Happens. Feels good. Uh, this new chat feature <laughs> will alert you uh, to who defeated whom, around what area the death occurred, and show the alliance ranks of those in the battle. Um, in Cyrodiil and Imperial City specifically, you'll also get more information on those cross swords icons that you see on the map when there's a battle mm -hmm. uh, showing who is currently winning in that particular fight uh, they say while in battlegrounds the messaging will be truncated slightly since the area in which the death occurred isn't really necessary there um, and you can toggle that on and off uh, in the social settings uh, as you please so just a little bit more information about when pvp stuff is happening around you i like that i'm interested to see like what are the parameters of who's winning like is it more whoever has more dead people on the ground uh i don't know it'll be interesting to see what that is and then even more pvp stuff uh improved imperial city treasure scamp loot so uh scamps located in imperial city sewers will appear less frequently but offer significantly increased rewards uh cunning scamps will now reward a greatly increased quantity of telvar uh, they they do note that that will not be amplified by the Tilabar multiplier. Mm -hmm. So, but they do say greatly increase. They don't say how much exactly. We've so. we've got a significantly and a greatly. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what their uh, you know what their chart says. We'll we'll have to map that. But because even a one hundred percent increase would still not be a ton. Not <laughs> so enough. I wonder. Not enough. I wonder what they mean by greatly there. <laughs> um. So that's cunning scamps, and then trove scamps will now drop a tradable piece of Imperial City gear in addition to their previous rewards. The the sets that can be dropped include Black Rose, Galarian's Revenge, Imperial Physique, Meritorious Service, Phoenix, Powerful Assault, Reactive Armor, Shield Breaker, Fuse of the Harbinger, uh, and Vice Cannon of Venom. So anytime you get a trove scamp, you're, you're guaranteed to get a piece of one of those sets. Uh, so there you go. PVP updates. There we go. Cool idea. Next step on that is uh, time to make Molog Ball, the boss that we've said to make him. Make him a bigger boss deal. Molog Ball. Harder to kill, better rewards. Maybe not even harder to kill, but just make him do more damage or something. That's the yeah. next step. That's the next step. Tramps? You're not tramps. <laughs> Scamps? <laughs> Scamps? And then yeah. Molog Ball. That's the next step. That's the logical next step. Logical next step. So that's basically all the PvP stuff. Um, there's some new achievements for the base game. They added a bunch of new achievements, a lot of them for things that you have likely already done. So um, you'll just log in and you'll see a bunch of notifications for these new achievements that you've gotten. 
Uh, like for example, for each class, you'll, there's an achievement for getting them to level 10 and another one for getting them to level 50. Um, so that, you know, automatic. I couldn't tell if there's like rewards associated with any of those or what, but... Um, Would be pretty cool if there's rewards. Just log in, get, get free achievements. Get a okay. bunch of new dies, that'd be sick. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Uh, and then there are some fairly significant combat and ability changes. Uh, starting with DK, the combustion passive is getting nerfed a little bit. It, it increases the damage of poison and burning statuses uh, by 33% instead of 50%. Uh, there's a dev comment that my interpretation is basically DK is OP. They need to tone them down a little bit. Uh, the green dragon blood ability, that's the other morph of coagulating blood. Everybody uses coagulating blood. Uh, the green dragon blood morph now also adds a small heal over time, which lasts five seconds and scales off of your max health. It's 3% of your max health per tick uh, for five seconds. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to get people to stop using coagulating blood. That's an extremely strong heal. This one, the initial heal from, from green dragon blood is not very good at all. Uh, I doubt uh, the devs say that they made this change because uh, it's not getting used enough. I, I don't, know if that's going to change yeah i don't <laughs> i don't know if that's that's not quite enough not a quite yeah. enough for the change but maybe like a pve tank since you already have a healer kind of well, yeah, taking care of things it might be good for that so you'll, you'll have a ton of health so maybe that'll be a decent heal over time there it's a good way to look at it necromancer the frozen colossus ultimate that's the giant hulk smash ultimate um Pretty big buff to this ultimate. They reduced the cost to 175 instead of 225, so 50 ultimate points shaved off of that. Uh, increased the damage per hit of all versions of, of the ultimate by 11%. Uh, the Pestilent Colossus Morph now also always guarantees the disease status effect on each hit, and the Glacial Colossus um, extends the duration of major vulnerability to 17 seconds instead of 12 seconds. Uh, the devs say basically since major vulnerability was nerfed uh, a while back that this ultimate has been two weeks since then, so they decided they needed to buff it a little bit. It's nice to see Necros get a little bit of a buff, but for one, it's like it's a buff to a pretty expensive ultimate, so like, okay, I get to enjoy this buff like once every two minutes. That's nice, but what do I do the rest of the time? Also, we'll talk about some other stuff here in a little <laughs> bit that kind of just delete, just undoes this buff anyway. A little, a little bit of a mirage. Yeah. Uh, Necros need some love, man. They desperately need some love. And especially the shape that they're in right now, and we're about to read these Nightblade changes, it's just Ooh, a hilarious Ooh, situation. Boy. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's it really strongly seems like the Nightblades have a, a champion internally on the development team that are just really pushing to make this class the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. And it's just like patch after patch after patch. Just lavishing Nightblades with these nice little tweaks and updates and quality <laughs> of life and polishing and just, oh, we love you so much, Nightblade. Uh, it's incredible. It's incredible that Necromancer continues to be neglected the way they are, but Nightblades are getting such nice treatment again and again and again. Necromancers might have like an anti-champion. Like, they've just got someone in the room. Yeah. It's always like, well, what if we, we knocked off a little bit more of the Necro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so Nightblades, uh, they fixed the end cap issue where when you have 120 ultimate exactly, the, uh, the ultimate won't fire. I've heard some players express frustration about that. Uh, so they fixed that. That's good. Um, 
Grim Focus, that's the, the base ability of the class's main burst attack. It hits for like 20k. So it's, uh, it's, give, it's being given the treatment of like the Arcanist um, damage buff ability, where it's active on both bars at all times, even though you only have it slotted on one bar. So, uh, so yeah, Grim Focus, it's no longer on a timer. It is, you slot it on one bar, it is always active all the time on both bars. Anytime you do a light or a heavy attack, it's generating those stacks, always. Pretty terrifying, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to make that ability so much more reliable. I wonder if they'll end up uh, nerfing the damage at some point down the road because of that. But, yeah, Nightblades don't need that, but pretty nice. <laughs> Let's see here. Relent the Relentless Focus Morph, the Stamina Morph, uh, it now increases the amount of weapon and spell damage each stack grants. Uh, to 80 instead of 60. So that would be 400 weapon and spell damage when you have all five stacks rather than 300. Probably people will continue to use the uh, Merciless Resolve because it does a lot more damage. That's a pretty amazing buff to that ability. It's just always active, just 100% of the time. Just, There's no more timer to keep up with ever. It's just you'll get the stacks, fire the bow. That easy. Every time. Yeah. I'd be, I would be interested to see, like, in a, in a in one BG, how many more times? Like how many more times are you gonna be able to fire this ability? A lot more because it's uh it's kind of unreliable how it is right now. A lot of times you'll go to deliver your combo and you'll go to cast this ability only to find your stacks have fallen off, so mm. you're not actually firing it at all. So that'll just never happen again. It's gonna be a lot more reliable now. It's a little scary. So when you get that in cap and it stuns you on the ground, you better break that CC immediately. Oh yeah, and do a do a roll dodge. Get out that of dodge. Coming. Uh, and then shadow cloak—that's the you know the cloak ability invisibility, um, the base ability and the shadowy disguise morph. That's the one that makes you invisible. Uh, now grants major savagery and major prophecy for slotting on either bar. Uh, they say that's to help them uh, offer more functionality outside of PvP and to ensure the abilities still offer something when they're being countered. So if someone's spamming Mage Light at you, at least it's giving you your crit buffs on both bars. At all times, while slotted, you don't have to activate it. You just always... I mean, that's just... In my opinion, Nightblades have a very convenient bar space kind of situation. Very easy to get a... A really nice bar setup on a Nightblade. This just makes it even easier. You you have your, your crit buffs guaranteed. So, you know, you have the option of getting rid of Camo Hunter or Mage Light if you want to. Mm -hmm. Pretty darn nice. Uh, Necromancers would love to have uh, a crit buff at all in their class. <laughs> just, you know, anywhere to be found would be nice. <laughs> The, the Dark Cloak morph, that's the healing morph, the one that like Brawler Blades use. Um, so it already gives you minor protection when you activate it. It's now going to be giving you minor protection at all times while slotted on both bars. Time of the Nightblade. Here it is. It's coming. <sighs> yeah, already has been. Nightblade's been doing great, man. They've been top three for sure. I think they're going to take top spot. Like they're going to be top one after this. It's going to be Nightblades and Sorks, I think. I think they're going to be kind of neck and neck. Sorks are going to be looking pretty good, too. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of hilarious. I'm coming right after reading Necromancer, and I'm, just, I'm going to stop harping on that. 
Uh, so that's all for Nightblade. Uh, Sorcerers, the bound armor ability, it's getting the same both bars treatment. So all the passive things that it grants, uh, those passives are active at all times on both bars. Uh, the minor protection that right now you have to cast the ability to get the minor protection, well, that'll be part of the passives that are on both bars now. Um, the bound armaments morph, that's the, the stamina morph that summons those daggers above your head and you throw them at people. So just like the Nightblade's Grim Focus, uh, it no longer is on a timer. It does not have to be activated anymore. It's always active all the time. So you do your light attacks, it's generating those daggers always. They also changed it so that the, the icon on your bar um, lights up whenever you have all four daggers summoned. Um, they say that's for improved clarity, like that. And they also made it so that fully charged heavy attacks will grant two of the daggers rather than just one. So it works exactly like Grim Focus, basically, except it's four stacks instead of five stacks. Hmm. So that's pretty nice. I think we could see maybe some Bosorks making a comeback with that, uh, with that change there. Uh, there's also some other changes uh, happening that we'll talk about in a minute that could also result in Bosorks making a comeback. But that's a pretty nice buff to, to Bound Armaments. Um, and then the Overload Ultimate, they fixed an issue where it would stay active after you ran out of Ultimate, which is really annoying. It happens to me yeah. all the time. You run out of Ultimate and your light attacks just don't fire at all anymore. You yeah. have to, like, turn it back off. That's a great fix. Yeah. That's nice. Um, Templar just got a minor, like, visual bug fix. They fixed an issue where the visual effect, uh, from, from, from Backlash, they fixed an issue where the visual effect did not fade when the caster died. Um, so thank you very much for that, Zoss, <laughs> that wonderful fix there. Templar buffs. <laughs> Should I read the Nightblade, uh, stuff again? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's all the class changes. Um, so some changes to the bow long shots passive. So currently this long shots passive, what it does is it increases your damage done with bow abilities by up to 12% based on how far away you are from the target. That's what it does right now. Um, this new version, it's now going to increase all damage done by 5% against enemies within 15 meters. Uh, or it's going to increase your crit chance by 13-14, which is like 6%, against enemies that are further than 15 meters. So basically, melee range, you get 5% damage done with all abilities, all damage. Uh, or if they're at long range, you get 6% extra crit chance against them. All, as long as you're on your bow bar, all, all damage benefits from that. Pretty nice. Because yeah. currently, it's currently it only bow abilities benefit from this passive. Uh, they re they renamed it to Vine Dusk Training. They say that's for flavor reasons, uh, and the devs say they they wanted to make it more usable uh, for builds that don't want to use a bunch of bow abilities. Basically, it's gonna be pretty good for Bear Claw, right? Point blank I, snipe setup. Yeah, I'm all for it. He's getting a he's getting a, a buff to the point blank snipe damage. And it already hits pretty hard, so all good yeah. things for old Bear Claw and the Point Blank Snipe build. It's going to work out well. Extra 5% for him. Uh, my Bocro, Bobby Bobango, he's going to benefit as well because he has a couple of bow abilities, but he deals a lot of damage that are class abilities that don't benefit from this passive at all currently. Um, mm -hmm. So now they will. That's pretty nice. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about that, and we're about to talk about some Destro Staff changes, and, and I think Bo actually will compete with Destro Staff quite a bit now as like a ranged weapon. Yeah. 
So Destro Staff, the Ancient Knowledge passive, uh, the Flame Staff version currently, uh, this is the passive that increases your single target damage by 10%. Uh, so now what it's going to do is increase your damage done by the initial hit of status effects by 500. So anytime you apply a status effect, if you have a Flame Staff, it's going to, that, that initial application is going to deal an additional 500 damage. Uh, no more single target. You know, fire staff for single target damage, that's no longer a thing. Wild. Pretty wild. Uh, seems like that could be really good if you paired that with, like, Draugrkin or Dragon's Appetite. Uh, the charged weapon trait. Uh, the Asylum staff could be great for that. It's just such a massive mindset change, though. Like, it's... Yeah, it is. It's just... I mean, it's been that way for so long. And it's like the, whole, the whole idea of a flame staff is it was like all right this is you want to hit people harder individually individual targets and it's like now it's a totally different idea behind a flame staff build seems like it'll be great again for an arcanist they have that passive that increases status mm. effect damage by 15 percent. that's a great so point i didn't think about stack that, that on top point. of that i wonder if this was part of their reasoning for nerfing the dk's combustion passive um it's, yeah. it, it makes uh, burning and poison deal 33% more damage rather than 50%. Maybe they didn't want that to be too out of control. I tested this on my DK because my DK does currently use a flame staff. Um, and I logged on to PTS and just use her exact same setup that she has right now. And the damage seems like the overall like DPS seems pretty close. Uh, and actually for DK in particular, this does seem very good. Um, and Arcanist. So when you were testing it, you're just going against the target dummy? Target dummy and like the giant NPCs. Yeah, I, I didn't do any actual PvP. I, I wonder if it's actually going to, you know, come out to more damage for you. Because those, you know, that's very single target focused where the, the flame staff, it, you know. But the this new uh, this new design of it is it's going to be against kind of everybody, you know. So it's like, I don't know. I guess it's it's it can be more AOE thought through. It certainly though. can. It certainly can be. I think if I can't, I'll probably keep the same bar setup that I have right now, which is pretty single target. Um, but I, I, I think at least the nice thing is in that particular case, I'm not going to really need to change my build. I'll just keep using a fire staff and it'll still be yeah. good, but for a different reason, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like Magsorks, are they going to be switching to a bow as their main front bar weapon? Because like they're losing 10% damage here. Basically, Magsorks just straight up 10% damage nerf, and they don't really have a way to get it back. You know, they can't switch to another weapon to do that. So at least switching to the bow gives them that extra crit chance when they're at long range. Hmm, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, ranged mag blades too. Same kind of situation. And I have both. I have both of those builds, so I'm I'm having to think about that. So likewise, the lightning staff, it no longer increases your AoE damage by 10%. That's, that's no longer a thing on PTS. Uh, so now it's going to increase your damage done with damage over time and channeled attacks by 12%. So it's basically like a slightly weaker deadly strikes. That's a weird one. That one feels just odd to me. Feels very odd. Right. Like, Lightning Staff, to me, has always been, like, very Templar, right? Like, it works with your jabs, you know, it's that. And it, it's kind of more so that way now, but it's like, you could at least still find a lot of other uses for Lightning Staff, whereas now it's like, 
I don't know, to, in my head, my initial thought is it's like, man, Lightning Staff is more Templar focused now than it's ever been. Yeah, or for dot, dot builds, specifically yeah. dot builds. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just like, I don't know, just like in fantasy kind of video games, Lightning's for AoE. That's just... That's the just rule. Lot, that's just Every, how it is. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. So it just feels wrong to me. And also it's weird that like, in a way, both Flame and Lightning Staff are kind of like these damage over time things, just kind of in different ways. Um, so that feels weird. Yeah, it is true. Any Templars that are currently using a Lightning Staff, they'll just keep using it and it'll, it'll still be benefiting from it. Actually, it's a, it's a buff, you know, it's 12% yeah. instead of 10%. Yeah. But, um, so remember, we just talked about Necromancers, their ultimate getting buffed by 11%. Uh, well, if you're using a Lightning Staff like my Necromancer is, uh, we're, we're taking, we're taking that back down 10%. <laughs> so, uh, so we're getting a 1% buff a 1% to that ability. 1% damage <laughs> buff. That's the way. Yeah. Uh, plus we're losing 10% damage to all the rest of our abilities. Blast bones, uh, the, the skeletal arcanist, all that stuff, 10% reduced. So back to the drawing board for my necro. It, that's just, that build's gone. We'll have to think of something else. Might go back to doing like a status effect kind of thing, but I mean, I'm competing with Arcanists and Dragon Knights and other people that are better at that. Better so. at it. I don't know. Uh, no change for the Frost Staff as far as the ancient knowledge passive goes. Frost Staff stays how it is. Uh, the dev comment, long story short, basically just says this is based on feedback. I can attest that there has been a lot of feedback of people kind of expressing uh, dissatisfaction with the Destro Staff passives saying they need to be buffed or changed i don't know if i've seen this specific stuff requested but anyway based on feedback the penetrating magic passive currently it ignores 10 percent of a target's spell resistance uh the new version it's going to ignore 2974 spell resistance just a flat almost 3000 uh, the devs say basically that should be more consistent uh, since there is a lot of penetration already in the game uh, they feel like you're not often getting a lot out of that 10%. Mm. Um, so I think I think they're probably right about that. I think like yeah. m most of the time that will probably be a buff. There might be some situations once in a while that it's not necessarily a buff, but probably most of the time it will be. Yeah, I think that's probably a good change. The Trifocus passive, uh, the Flame Staff version of this, currently um, it's when it, whenever you do a fully charged heavy attack, it increases that damage by 12%. Uh, of that heavy attack. Um, this new version is whenever you do a fully charged heavy attack, it's going to apply a 20 second dot to the person that you hit. Uh, and then they say that's going to be balanced to like a standard dot. Basically, it's going to do the same damage as like a normal dot. So totally different kind of use case. Normally, like right now, you kind of do that heavy attack to front load some damage to kind of be a part of your burst. Now you're going to do that to to apply a dot to kind of help pressure them over time. Totally different kind of usage there. Yeah. Actually seems pretty good for PvE, I think, since like you're doing a heavy attack to restore resources, you're losing DPS there, but it's applying this dot, so you're kind of getting some DPS back in that case. Kind of nice. The Ice Staff version of the Trifocus passive, uh, it increases the damage shield to 33% of your max health instead of 25%. Bit of a buff to that. Um, and then the lightning staff version, um, that's, so the lightning staff version of this passive, this is the one that is like, that makes your heavy attacks do AOE damage, right? 
Right. Well, now only the final tick of that heavy attack is going to be AoE. So all the ticks in between are just single target. Big ol' nerf to heavy attack builds right there. So yeah, that's what's going on with the Destro staff, and that's what's getting the most talk, you know, especially that ancient knowledge change, because uh, that's going to shake a lot of things up. I think a lot of builds are going to have to change as a result of that. Sorks especially, at least that's a big one. For dual wield, the twin blade and blunt passive was nerfed, so um, that's the one that makes maces give you penetration, swords give you weapon and spell damage, daggers give you crit. So all of those were nerfed. Um, basically, they're they're all equal to a two through four piece bonus on a five piece set is what they are now, uh, except the axes were not changed at all. Axes are still exactly the same. Uh, so a bit of a nerf to dual wield there. Uh, the two-handed heavy weapons passive is the same thing. Maces give you penetration, swords give you weapon and spell damage. Um, those were nerfed by about the same amount, uh, but again, axes, no change. And then also for the two-hander, uh, the follow-up passive. So currently what this passive does is, after completing a fully charged heavy attack, it increases the damage of your next direct damage attack by 10%. Uh, this new version, after completing a fully charged heavy attack, it increases all damage done by 10% for 4 seconds. That seems incredibly good. Seems very good. And unique. So you get a unique 10% damage buff. If you weave that heavy attack into a wrecking blow, now you have Major Berserk. That's 20% damage you have for 4 seconds. Um... And if you're trying to keep that up, you know, like if you're doing heavy attacks every four seconds to maintain that damage buff, you're probably going to have excellent sustain, you know, if you're doing heavy attacks that oh, often. Yeah. So you probably just stack the damage as high as you can uh, and just go for that play style. Probably going to be excellent. That, that's, your, that's your brawler right there. There's going to be some heavy attack set out there to pair this with, and it's, there's going to be a build that's like some DK heavy attack brawler. It's going to be, going to be nasty. I've been thinking of two-handed Stamsorks, man. I think there's a... Yeah, the Stamsorks coming back. Yeah, absolutely. They'll have Major Berserk from Wrecking Blow. They'll have Minor Berserk from Dark Deal. They'll also have Minor Force from Dark Deal. They'll have Haunting Curse. They'll have Crystal Weapon. You know, plus, uh, since they have Dark Deal, that's, that's their sustain. Plus, if they're doing these heavy attacks all the time, just forget sustain completely. Just stack, you know, 10,000 weapon damage and go nuts. Hmm. I think I think the stamp sorks are going to be nasty. Two-handed stamp sorks, and I'm ready for it, man. I, I love two-handed stamp sort. It's going to be a little old school there, a little throwback. Yeah, yeah, I think it will be. Going to be a really good way to go. For vampire mistform, they fixed an issue where this ability failed to properly animate its cast animations. So they say this will result in a very slight delay in moving your character, which is intended. We'll see how that goes. Um, for arena weapons, the Merciless Charge two-hander, that's the Maelstrom two-hander. Um, right now what it does is when you use Crit Charge, it applies a bleed to whoever you hit. Um, this new version, whenever you use Crit Charge, it's going to increase uh, the damage done with all two-handed abilities for 18 seconds. It's still activated by, by using Critical Charge. But the amount that it increases that damage by... It's 11.16% of your weapon and spell damage, whichever is highest. Seems like a lot. It's a weird one. So it increases all damage done with two-handed abilities 
for 18 seconds after you use crit charge, the, the amount of damage you're being increased by is 11.16% of the highest time your weapon and spell damage. Very confusing, but I think the way it's going to work is, for example, if you have 6,000 weapon damage, then 11.16% of that is 670. It's about 670. So then, anytime you deal damage with a two-handed ability, it's going to deal an additional 670 you know, hit points to that target. Um, it's a weird scaling method there and, and how that damage is getting applied and stuff, but I think that's how it's going to go. Potentially yeah. very strong. If you have like a full-on like two-handed yeah. build and you're, you're using like carve and all that stuff, could be really good. Yeah, well, we're just talking about this like, you know, fully charged heavy attack and then you, you know, wrecking blow. Like you throw this in there and get, you know, crit charge in there. Like, Yeah, you really get some stuff cranking. Yeah. Uh, the devs said the bleed was difficult to balance between PvE and PvP, so they just reinvented the thing, basically. Counts as PvP content. There you go, right there. <laughs> yeah, that counts. <laughs> uh, we, we claim the balance changes. Those are ours. Those are ours. Azure Blight Reaper, that set was, uh, was buffed. This was a week two change, so this just happened yesterday. Uh, for one, they fixed an issue where the damage was only hitting the initial target rather than all nearby enemies. I didn't realize that bug was happening, but that would explain why we haven't been seeing it, most certainly. Huh, yeah. Um, they increased the base damage of the explosion by about 6%. Uh, they increased the bonus damage per target to 30% instead of 10%. And they increased the cap of the damage to 180% instead of 100%. Giant nerf to Azure Blight there. I think we're going to see a pretty big comeback of that set. You mean a buff, not a nerf. Oh, did I say nerf? I meant buff. Yeah, yeah. pretty Major big buff to Azure Blight. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking we're going to see Azure Blight with that new uh, monster set. Oh, the, the the yeah, the one where you get the ultimate. Yeah, you're probably see. right. Yeah, and I haven't been seeing a lot of Plague Break because it's been nerfed a few times. Um, so I wonder if this is going to come in and sort of fill that void. There hasn't been a lot of bombing going on lately. Yeah, it is down. Bombing is down. Bombing is down. Yeah, Azure Blight's probably making a comeback. And that's basically everything in the patch notes. There's a lot of miscellaneous stuff, of course. You know, fixes for random sets and quests. And uh, a lot of stuff for Necrom. Just fixes and things. And just kind of random little stuff. Uh, notably, what's not in there... Uh, we were very much hoping to see something about a pre-made group finder that was mentioned earlier in the year. They very clearly looked at the camera and said pre-made group finder when they were talking about the Q3 update. It is mysteriously absent. Totally absent. No mention of you know anything even somewhat related. So I don't know if they scrapped it. Maybe it's just taken longer. Maybe... There will be something in Q4 or next year or maybe never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> disappointing, or to say the least. maybe never. Yeah. Incredibly disappointing. But those, uh, those cunning scamps. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That PvP content, baby. Mm-hmm. Old tramp scamps. That's what I call them. Tramp scamps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, there's our title. There it is. Tramp scams. The tramp scams. 
I just want to briefly mention this. I don't want to really dig into this, but Grizzly Khan, shout out to Grizzly Khan. He linked this in the Discord today. Um, there were some leaks for for what's maybe coming in the fourth quarter. I just kind of kind of wanted to briefly mention it. So there was this like I think it was a German ESO event of some kind, uh, and they they kind of let slip the name of that endless dungeon thing that's coming in Q4, which is apparently going to be called Endless Archive. And they said something about class-specific item sets. Pretty wild. No more details than that, but, um, you know, the, the imagination can run wild with that. I don't know if it's one-piece, two-piece, three-piece, five-piece sets or what, but uh, perhaps something with uh, going on with class-specific item sets in Q4. That's just a leak. Uh, Grizzly seems to think it was a an intentional quote-unquote leak. It's hard to say. Who knows? Sam says, no rest in the group queue, just a sweaty solo. Tell me about it, dude. I was asking if he was doing BGs right now. Sounds like there are some toughies. Man, they had. That's just how they've been lately. Man, they've been like just all the tryhards are back. They're just they're back, and um, you know we had that nice easy period, but yeah, that's just over. <laughs> it's gone. You might get a breezy match here and there, but for the most part, like you got to work for it pretty much every match. So, uh, capture the relic weekend just ended. I think this morning. Davis, you got you caught the tail end of that, right? You you've got a few matches last night. I did get a few matches last night. Uh, I, I I joked with you that I actually got back in town from being out of town uh, Sunday night and yeah. uh, logged into the game, got to the character screen, saw the event, looked at it for a couple seconds, and then just logged out. <laughs> just, logged, <right? laughs> just went, nah, not today. It's like the. Uh... That meme from uh, Parks and Recreation where Ron Swanson just pulls his computer off his desk out to the yes. dumpster and throws it throws out of the dumpster. It's exactly, it's exactly that. Yeah. Um, I had a similar reaction when I first saw that uh, pop up, but I, I actually did go ahead and power through and play a bunch of BGs anyway. I will say this about Capture the Relic Weekend. Of course, I always just want to play Deathmatch. But at least I can I can see the appeal of the people who do like the 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 objective here, as opposed to say like domination, where you're just holding a block button and standing on a flag. Like in my mind, how is that fun? I just don't get it. I can see how this is fun. I do see it. I guess so. the The problem with the the capture the relic is that it's like, what's the average match time? Two and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, hundred. You know, it's like three minutes stops and then it's you're back in the queue because it's just no matter you know solo queue group queue like there's always some people that are just running the relics that's all they're doing they're just running the relics and then you can get in a fight or you know even if you're kind of like all right like i'll kind of hang around the relics and get in some fights you get lost into a fight for a couple seconds guess what there's people that are not interested in fights they're just running the relics match over yeah match over three minutes later it's funny because um our our crew that we play with in our guild and stuff on a, on a regular basis, we're we're all just kind of looking for fights, and uh, we're not interested in the in the objective. And it's caused us to sort of create our own objectives within the objective. You know, like 
our objective is to make the match last as long as possible. That's basically. the goal. Stop the objectives at all costs. And so it's almost like we are the objective now. You have to get through <laughs> us, you know. Uh, a couple of days ago, I won't say the name of the player, but there's one particular player that is notorious for ending matches in like two minutes. Uh, and so I just said, okay, guys, I'm not going to worry about getting w- what my kill-death ratio is. I'm going to take one for the team. I'm just going to stay on this one dude the whole time, and I'm not going to leave him alone. I couldn't kill him because he was just totally specced into speed and survivability. He was like, you know, a capture the relic build. Mm-hmm. Um, but as lo- I just I just stayed on him the whole time. I never left him alone. He, he I think he got it maybe twice, but the match lasted the entire length of the match. Uh, because I just made it a point to stay on that dude and just made it happen. It's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, because we dislike playing the objective, we kind of come up with these other objectives and it's a different kind of gameplay experience that kind of ends up being fun, honestly, in the end. <laughs> so it's like, I'm complaining, but I managed to have fun anyway, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Sam was saying, man, they've just been so intense lately, man. I guess just. People are feeling good about the meta, I guess. And, you know, a lot of those really strong players that kind of had taken a break for a long time and stuff, they're just back. And it's every single match, man, you're having to fight for it. If you're a high MMR, you know, kind of character, you're going to have to work for those kills. Yeah. Um, but that's good. That's how I like it. I, I'm going to keep telling myself that. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a swift kick in the pants for me going on vacation, you know. Silly me. Coming back, being a little rusty, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Since they have been so intense, um, really the the build I've been kind of most comfortable with is old Betsy, the the old main, my Stamplar. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's still the same old build. It's uh, Deadly Strikes as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality on the back bar with a bow, an infused bow, uh, perfected Black Rose dual wield on the front bar, and One Piece Gaze of Sithis uh, Mythic Helm. And uh, it's all well-fitted. It's bloodthirsty jewelry, um, Serpent Mundus for for sustain. And um, she's just perfect. You know, like I've always said about her, she's um, she's one of these builds that can just go on any team, no matter are they brawlers, are they hidden runners? Is it a, you know, a fully stacked serious four squad or am I just playing solo or whatever? That's what I love about Betsy. I don't have to change the build. I don't have to make any adjustments. She's ready for anything all the time uh, and always performs well. And yeah, and since the matches have been so intense here lately, I just feel like if I play with anyone but Betsy, uh, I'm struggling. I'm seriously struggling. Yeah. Um, But it's because she's just so complete, you know, like uh, she's got that cleansing ritual. Um, Templar's got that really nice healing buff from the rune. Uh, that thing is really nice. Uh, plus Vigor, plus Honor of the Dead. I got the the Barrier Ultimate. Just a very well-rounded survivability kit. Uh, plus that Black Rose Dual Wield, giving me 6% extra damage mitigation. Plus I have the the minor or the Major Evasion from Blade Cloak. Uh, plus Sithis giving me all that extra resistance. She's just very hardy, you know, for a medium armor, well-fitted build that it doesn't feel like I'm trying to be a tank, really, you know. Yeah. And what I really like about it is almost all of those investments into defensiveness are also investments into offense, right? Like Black Rose is giving me 6% mitigation and damage, right? Uh, a Gaze of Sithis, it's giving me all that resistance. It's also giving me a ton of health, which means I can stack a bunch more stamina. 
So it's just a very, like every investment is just very, very efficient. And, and she really is the only build that I feel like can like jump into a meat blender and just kind of hang out there and throw down with the best of them. And if she does need to hightail it and get the heck out of there, she can do that too. So it's just like, you know, throw anything at her and she's, she's going to be able to take it. Uh, and it's still, yeah, it's still, um, it's blade cloak, blood mist, solar barrage, the crescent sweep ultimate jabs. That's all the offense. So it's all these, you know, AOE pulses. Yeah. Um, so it's all undodgeable, unavoidable damage. Um, you know, no beam. I think if I, if I wanted to slot the beam, I'd probably get rid of mist form and put the beam in its place. Uh, so anyone listening who wants that build and they also want the beam, that's probably what I would do. Uh, and Honestly, it probably would be a better build in that case. You'd probably get a lot more kills uh, in that case, but I'm not going to do it. No beam. No beam. You've always been against um, that beam. For Betsy, I have another Templar that, you know, anything goes for that build. <laughs> uh, old Butch. But yeah, that's Betsy. You know, same old Betsy. Uh, so Davis, you wanted to talk about Lord of Nords, your DK? Going on yeah, so old Lord of Nords, you know, it's probably been what an episode. I was gone last episode, so it's been episodes since I talked about him, probably. But uh, uh, <laughs> we've been we've been jonesing. We've but been in all it. at all honesty, it's exactly what you said. I mean, kind of with with the way um, BGs are right now, it's kind of forces you to kind of go to that comfort safe build. And and this is my this is my Betsy. This is kind of the build that I feel really good about all parts of the build. Really comfortable really fits my play style to a T. And so it's just kind of uh, the, the build that I just can get those consistent results with. Uh, and same thing. It's uh, same build. It's five coral riptide, three-piece agility, two-piece blood spawn. Uh, I do one trainee, which is a heavy chest. And then it's an oaken soul build. And so that, that bar setup that I use is uh, noxious breath, uh, molten whip, deep breath, uh, quick cloak, and then coagulating blood for my heel, and then uh, good old leap. And it's the ferocious. It's the ferocious leap, the one with the damage shield. Got to have that one, or else you're gonna get yourself mm -hmm. killed. Um, mm -hmm. And then the build: uh, it's seven well fitted, five medium, one heavy, one light. Uh, and then I do three bloodthirsty on the jewelry, two damage um, glyphs, and then one recovery. And then I use sugar skulls with the serpent mundus. And really a lot of, uh, uh, kind of a lot of the things that you really like about Betsy are kind of the same things here. Like it's a seven well-fitted build, wears medium armor, um, but it is very survivable. And kind of my strategy when I play this build is, is it's, it's just consistent AOE pressure. Like it's, it's not a high kill. It's not your typical DK that you're seeing right now. Like DKs are OP right now. Like they come and hit you like a freight train. Like that's not really the DK I play. Uh, it's just kind of a consistent, AOE damage, throwing out damage on the team, uh, survivable, can kind of take hits for the team, kind of uh, slots into that frontline spot so that the, you know can kind of absorb a lot of the blows. Uh, and, and, and the play style you have to have with this is just never, never have any stamina. That's the way to go with the Coral <laughs> Riptide. Always be going on low on stamina. Probably my number one. You're a very one. stressful person to watch stream. I will say that because <laughs> your stamina bar is always empty. <laughs> uh, just always running on E. Uh, it, that works perfect. That's just the way I play. It works perfect with that cool Riptide. Uh, yeah. Always getting kind of that damage buff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, for me, it works really well. It, it's kind of, um, it's just this this build that I've just become really, really comfortable with. Like I say that it, it it's just kind of damage pressure 
pressure and survivability, but like I get kills with it, you know, it, it, you know, you keep that damage pressure up for so long and you get those leaps, like you're going to have opportunities to get kills. It works really well on a team. It works really well in the solo, you know, build it. It's kind of has a little bit of everything in the toolkit. Um, I love the, the rotation of it. You're not, it's nothing's really complicated. Um, you know, you're just kind of throwing out the breath. I love having Nord- Lord of Nords on a team. It's so great to have that that, that hulking, tanky dude just <laughs> up front and just uh, taking everyone's attention. And it just kind of gives you a little wiggle room as a teammate, you know, to yeah. uh, to kind of breathe and think about what you want to do. It's very helpful. He's he's absolutely my guy right now that if if we're doing group cues, I'm logging in with Lord of Nords. He's just, he's just got a little bit of everything and he, he works really well on a team. Great team build. Just like you said with Betsy, it's it's tanky without really putting a lot of uh, dedication to the tankiness. Um, all the tankiness I'm getting is that well-fitted kind of equates to tankiness just because it, it helps me kind of move. I'm dodging a lot. Um, you know, I've got the Quick Cloak. I've got Blood Spawn. Um, it just, there's a lot of things that kind of help out with the tankiness, but I'm not really having to focus into it very much. Quick Cloak is such a good ability. Such a good ability. My favorite part of Leap with this character has been just how much it throws off the other team. So I even use it defensively. Like if I've got a teammate that's getting hit on, I'll throw a Leap just so that teammate can kind of have a second to breathe. Or if there's a team that's really kind of on point and they're all grouped up together, I'll throw a Leap in there just to split them up and kind of throw them off and keep them off their toes. Um, Yeah, you you always got a Leap in your pocket. I always got a Leap ready. Nice, man. Yeah, Lord of Nords, he's always awesome. I've been playing a little DK lately as well. Misato Katsuragi is the name of my uh, mag DK. And um, yeah, I think next to Betsy, this is probably the the character I've been spending the most time with. And uh, it's basically the same build I've been using for a while now. It's Burning Spellweave on the front bar with a flame staff, uh, Wretched back bar with a bow, Sithis Helm, and three Potentates. Uh, I did have three Willpower, changed it to Potentates. Um, it's a three medium, three light, one heavy, all well fitted, three bloodthirsty. Very solid set of very kind of meat and potatoes. I think the only thing that's kind of unconventional is that it's, uh, there's no blood spawn. It's a Sithis Helm instead. And I think a lot of DKs would maybe kind of tilt their head at that a little bit because a DK that doesn't block doesn't seem right. But, uh, you know, it's a bow in the back bar. It's well fitted. You know, it's a medium and light armor setup. We're not trying to, tank stuff out here you know it's a it's still a pretty mobile um build but uh what's nice is having that bow in the back bar i get my major expedition from that so uh that frees me up that frees up the bar space to to not have to use race against time and i use the flappy wings that gives me the uh uh, the snare removal instead and and 50 percent damage uh mitigation against projectiles you think about that, 50% um, block gives you 50% damage mitigation. So it's basically like you're permanently blocking all long-range attacks uh, with that thing, except it's not consuming your stamina. Yeah. Um, pretty nice. So I enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, the potentates, switching to potentates instead of three willpower, uh, was pretty nice. I get that 3% damage mitigation um, for the two-piece, and then the, the 15% ult cost reduction is hugely beneficial. Uh, for sustained reasons, and it just makes me feel more dragon knighty. You know, yeah. I'm just kind of I'm a I'm a little bit tankier. I'm a little bit more able to kind of 
jump in there and not worry so much about dying. I can kind of count on my ultimate being there when I'm going to need it a little bit more. Maybe I'm losing a little bit of damage, losing that willpower, but it's really not that much. And it's I, th I feel like it, it really adds to the fun and the comfort factor uh, quite a bit. So I, th I think that was a good move. I, I like it. Love potentates. And it's... um. I use the uh, the major berserk chains, the the gap closer. I have talons and fossilize and a flame lash. I love the flame lash version of the whip, the one where you uh, you set people off balance and then you just do the twirly whip like six or seven <laughs> times in a row. Love it. Awesome animation. Very cool. Oh, it's so great. And um and I've I've mentioned it lots of times. But my favorite thing is to lock someone down with talons and start hammering them with that whip until they dodge out of the talons, then fossilize, and then resume whipping. Um, <laughs> and by the time they break out of the fossilize, their um, uh, immobilize immunity will be up, and so the fossilize will keep them immobilized. And, and so basically, they have three CCs in a row they have to get out of. You, just, you drain their stamina so fast. I do have stamina-draining poisons as well. Um, so I'm just like dragging people down to the ground, man. It's uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that is really neat. To me, it's kind of like the Cat Sparrowhawk version of the old school classic DK. The reason I say Cat Sparrowhawk version is because it's not tanky. It does kind of rely on movement and stuff to stay alive. But uh, as far as offense goes, it it is kind of that old school style where it's just brutal. You know, like you feel like you just can't breathe the entire time. So yeah, that's me, Sato. She's a Breton. Gave her a new hairstyle. Nice. <laughs> um, only other class I want to mention is uh, really quick, just the Arcanist, and I don't, I don't even want to talk about his build because the build that I have for my Arcanist is really nothing special right now. It's just kind of something that's functional. But I just kind of wanted to share some final thoughts on the class, I guess, just to sort of wrap that this whole thing up with them. Um, I feel like I kind of understand the class now you know i kind of see what they're capable of and how you can make a few different builds and what their strengths and weaknesses are and i just kind of understand it now and honestly i feel like i'm kind of already like moving on like i'm i'm finding like i don't really want to log in with my arcanist like i'm much more interested in other characters like my dk and my templar and yeah. my arcanist isn't really grabbing my attention right now that new has already worn off and i'm finding that like that uh that kind of aesthetic and that power fantasy is, I don't think is really the thing for me. Um, so I'm wondering as time goes on and that's just a character on my roster, um, maybe I'll go in and out of phases. I don't know, but I wonder how, how much I'm going to be logging in with that dude over time. I will say it's again, it's very impressive that they were able to introduce a whole new class, a very unique class. And it really hasn't been that disruptive. The meta really, hasn't changed uh yeah. they they function well they they are strong but i don't know it's they it, it maybe is a little boring to me now that the new has kind of worn off that's kind of where i'm what i'm feeling right now yeah. I, i'm open to that changing in the future though i wish i wish that like to me and and you know i've been gone a lot lately so you can weigh in on this as if it's really accurate in bgs but with with my bgs with arcanist really what stands out is kind of like this this tankiness and the damage shields. Like that's kind of what I think of when I think of Arcanus MBGs yeah. right now. And I think that's that's where I get kind of that bored feeling. It's like I don't 
I don't, I'm not crazy about tankiness or damage shields. And it's like, I think that's what I've associated them with right now. And I wish, I wish they had some sort of kind of different calling card. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling some of that stuff will probably get nerfed at some point. That sure. one particular oh, yeah. shield ability is, uh, it's just a little too much of an easy button. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I mean, the good is, you know, great job introducing a new class and not like oh, breaking the game in the process. Absolutely. Um, I, I hope we can, I can maybe continue to tweak the class and look for ways to make them interesting. Cause you know, I expressed this concern a while back that I was like, I wonder if I'm actually going to find them very mechanically interesting once I get into things. And I was into the class for a little while there and I was having fun with it, but I feel like I've kind of fully absorbed it at this point and I don't know. Maybe I just need to let some time pass and then jump back in there with them and see how I feel then. Want to buy my dog? Welcome to the chat, dude. I meant to say hello earlier, but we were we were deep in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I guess that's all my thoughts for the Arcanist. Other stuff I've been been up to. Um, last couple of days I've just been hunting down um random dyes. I've been like just going to a dye station. And you can check that box that uh, it shows all locked dies, so you can see all the ones you don't have yet. And you can click on them and view the achievements that are associated with them, and uh, quite a few of them are actually really easy. Like, I had a whole bunch, it's just like, oh, well, all I need to do is like this one delve in this zone, and that'll give me this die. Because uh, it's part of like the, this like series of achievements you got to have, or whatever, you know. This is a great uh, pastime. One... This is a great pastime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. Nice, easy, you know, just easy thing to do. Some others was just like, I just needed to make a potion that used a specific ingredient. Like there's a, a long list of ingredients you're supposed to use for this certain achievement. And there's just one I hadn't done. So I just knocked that out really quick. Got a dye color for that. Um, there's like, like do a specific quest to get this one. You know, I was just kind of looking through there finding you know, like, Oh, I could knock that out in 10 minutes. Easy. You know? And I think I got like 10 new dyes, uh, just doing that kind of stuff. And there's quite a few more that are like, um, like anything that says Delver achievement, that's uh, it's like a DLC dungeon on veteran mode. Um, and now with these this heavy attack sork, even with all the nerfs and stuff, still it's easy mode for dungeons. So I think I'm going to start chasing those down next, and just kind of get a lot of these are really sick dies too. Like a lot of them, are, I'm pretty stoked. Like oh man, I should have got that a long time ago. That's a sick die. Um, so recommend that just go to a die station look at all the dies that you have locked and just i mean a bunch of them are easy to get just go get them real quick yeah you can always use more color more browns right you can mm -hmm. always use more browns <laughs> love some good browns you haven't really been around the last couple of weeks so i have i would ask you've been up to anything else in game or probably not probably the first thing i'm gonna do is gonna go hunt down all the browns i don't have <laughs> Check them out. Yeah. Well, let's read some emails. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, you can send us any questions, suggestions for the show, say hello, tell a joke, shout out to a friend, anything you want. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Every episode, we give away a gold prize to a random person that emails us. Um, so it could be you. This week, it's going to be 250,000 gold. That's the prize. Um, and I want to quickly, we have an email from Sudica, but really quick, I want to shout out Sudica because they made this suggestion. 
that we always um, you know tell us tell people to email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail dot com, uh, but some people don't want to share their email address and they don't they don't really want to communicate that way. Um, you can of course uh, contact us in Discord, um, either just through a private message or even in the public chat is fine. Uh, or you can send us a mail in game uh, on the PCNA server at Cat Sparrowhawk or at Star Jumper. Uh, that works as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Thanks for that suggestion, Sudika. Uh, Sudika says, Hello, Scroll and team. Thanks for making this fun and helpful podcast. I've also immensely enjoyed reading the discussions on Discord and appreciate you creating and maintaining this community. Uh, one of my favorite things in ESO is playing with my family members who are mostly casual PvE players. Uh, the recent PvP events got them started on PvP, and, uh, and they seem to have a love-hate relationship with it. They have reasonable PvP builds, but seem to struggle a bit in real fights. What are some tips, steps, practice guides, etc. you could give to beginner PvP players? Thank you, Sudika. Ah, great question, man. Hey, don't get us oh, started, yeah. man. We're going to be oh, here all night. Oh, boy. You know? Here we go. Roll <laughs> up your sleeves now. Glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first, Davis. What, what do you think? So I, I know this seems like a simple one. I'm really not trying to cop out, but like this, I'm speaking from, from personal experience here. Like the, the most important number one tip I would say is just don't get frustrated. Like as coming from someone that like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, do you remember back in the day, like me, me and you, we would be in Cyrodiil and we would just get rocked. Like if we oh, ran yeah. up on another player, like, it was scared to run into anybody in Cyrodiil. They would just see us. We would just get just decked. I'm trying, just flattened. And uh, we, I mean, there was points that we, we, you know, we we played a lot of PVE. We were like, I don't know, this PVP thing, like, we don't get it. Like, I don't know how this works. And so I, I would say the most important thing is just just don't get frustrated. Like, the most the most important thing to PVP is just keep, just kind of keep at it. Like, just keep doing it a little bit at a time. Keep trying to improve a little bit at a time um it will happen it will there will be a time when things click and it starts getting better um that that i think is huge um and then the other thing i would say this sounds really weird to say if you've listened to the podcast because it's going to go against most of what i say but like if you're very new to pvp if you're a beginner and you're going in i would say like don't go into way too creative with with your build um I know that goes against everything that I usually say, but like if you're brand new and you're learning how to fight in PvP and learning what to do, there's a lot of kind of just really standard PvP sets or builds out there. And I, I actually recommend kind of starting with that just because of what I said earlier. If you go in with kind of your own idea or your own build and, and you kind of haven't matched it to what uh, other players are going to be running in there, I can see you dying really quick or, you know, fights are going to be really struggle. And I just think that leads straight to frustration. So like for brand new players, I would say kind of stick to the basics on, on the builds and the sets that you're using. It's going to allow you to stay alive a little bit more. It's going to allow you to get some kills and kind of, you know, feed that appetite with PVP, kind of let you kind of stay alive longer to start learning tips and kind of noticing things. And then as you become more comfortable, I think that's where you can move away from kind of the standard set. Start getting a little bit more creative. Start making changes that fit your playstyle a little bit more and kind of start adapting from there. Uh, I think that's a lot. That, that'd be the tip I would say to kind of start with there. Yeah, great advice. Um, 
my first piece of advice is similar to you just saying don't get frustrated and um basically just it's a, just keep in mind it's an extremely steep learning curve this this yeah. game's pvp is an extremely steep learning curve very few people are like uncle sam that can just jump right in and <laughs> you know be amazing within a what's week the, or so what's the opposite of a shout out darn darn uncle uh, sam <laughs> yeah uh I mean, it took me a few years to even start trying PvP, and then it took me a few years after that to be kind of okay at it, you know? Um, so everybody's different. I think most people, it takes a while to to pick it up because there's just a lot going on, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff happening on the screen in, in one global cooldown, and literally in the span of one second, like 20 things can happen, and some of those things were significant, and some of them weren't, and if you haven't had the experience, you have no idea what things you needed to be paying attention to and what you didn't, you know, only experience can, can tell you that. Um, so yeah, just be willing to laugh at yourself. Just LOL, I freaking died, you know, and, <laughs> and try, try to learn and make adjustments to your build if you need to, uh, and go on. I'll say, uh, battlegrounds is a pretty good place to learn since there is a matchmaking system. There's a better chance you're going up against equally matched players. If you guys are grouping up, you may be kind of doing them a bit of a disservice because they're, you're probably going up against a little bit better players than what they're ready for. Mm-hmm. So you may encourage them to check out the solo queue a little bit and run around in there. And they'll probably have some good experiences in there, experience a little bit of success going up against some, some fellow noobs, you know, and, uh, and that might kind of, Give them the the fire in the pants that they need to to keep at it. Now, as far as the build goes, I think you're right. It, it it's good. I think to start with some sort of build guide, uh, yeah. and then just go from there. Make it yours from there. But just to kind of get a sense of what the baselines are, like how much health should I yeah. typically have? How much weapon damage is a should a build have? Just kind of get those baselines, and then you can start making adjustments from there where wherever you want to go. I will say a viable PvP build, it just gets you onto the field, right? I was mm-hmm. I was making this analogy to Uncle Sam last night. I think of it like a like an American football player, right? In American football, you can't run out on the field in shorts and flip flops, right? You're gonna be a pile <laughs> of bones after the first play. You gotta put on the helmet, the shoulder pads, the 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 right shoes, all that stuff. You know, you got to get the right gear just to go out onto the field, but that's not going to make you good at football, right? You still have to yeah. be an athlete. You still have to know the rules of the game. You still have to know how to react to all the different things that could happen on the field. You got to know how to play football. So the the gear is just you just allows you to step onto the field. You know, there's still a lot more that comes after that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the biggest thing anyone can do to ensure their own success has nothing to do with like damage combos or healing abilities or anything like that. It's just uh, situational awareness and positioning. Those two specific things. You don't have to be a good player at all to be good at those things. Uh, and I can speak just from my own personal experience. Anyone who has seen me play and thinks that I'm okay at PvP in this game it is 100% because I pay a lot of attention to situational awareness and positioning, and I make sure that no one's gonna get the jump on me or anything like that. You know, um, 
you know, I, I hate, I hate being ganked because it's like, I should have known that person was there. You know, <laughs> right? that's, that's my fault. That's my <laughs> fault. Um, so that will take you so, so far as just paying attention and being aware of what's going on. And the rest will just kind of come fr from there. Sam's saying speed. Yeah, get some speed yeah. in your build. That helps a ton. Just three swift or get wild hunt in there or the steed mundus. Just you, you got to have major expedition. That's a mandatory thing to have in every PvP build. Speed will help you stay alive, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be married to a build, right? Like you might have this oh, really yeah. sweet idea for this really cool build, but if you're trying it and it's just not getting the results, the build might suck, you know, and you might just need to accept that and make the changes you need to make to make it not suck. And not every build is good for everyone, right? Like mm -hmm. I could tell you like my old Betsy build, my, my Stamplar, I'm sitting here saying it's a perfect build in every way. There is no better build. That is true for me. But if you're going to try that build, I guarantee you'll need to make a tweak or two to make it work for you, for your strengths and weaknesses and, and, and so on. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, same thing with my Lord of Nords build. Like, I would imagine most players would hate with how, with playing at the level of stamina <laughs> that we're at, <laughs> yeah. that I play at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there's just, everyone has different... Um, things that they're good at and things that they're bad at, you know, and your build needs to reflect that. Like mm -hmm. I use gaze of Sithis in all my builds because I suck at blocking anyway. So it's a perfect item for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to dodge instead. Yep. Uh, last piece of advice I will say is just go to youtube.com and, and search for ESO PVP commentary and just, uh, watch videos just passively, just, just have it on in the background, uh, or just watch them actively too. Um, very, very helpful. I especially strongly recommend the old Christopher ESO videos. They're they're outdated now. He doesn't do it anymore. But he was just especially good at the commentary and he he had a knack for like in a fight, he the things he's like I was saying earlier, there's like twenty things happening in a in a single instant, and he had a real knack for kind of singling out the things that are important that are happening there. And kind of narrating the the player's thought process and why he's making certain decisions and things like that. You, you don't have to watch Christopher. I just thought he was the best at it. But really watching any PvP commentary video is going to be very beneficial. Because that stuff kind of it sinks into your brain and it kind of becomes this unconscious thing. And then later you'll be playing PvP. You'll find yourself in similar scenarios as those videos. And kind of that that narration will pop up in your head, and it'll kind of start to take over. You're not even really trying to, you know, to think of those things. It's just it's just in there, uh, and it, it kind of becomes instinct after a while. That can be very beneficial as well. Yep, absolutely. So, Sudika, hopefully that answers your question. Probably a little bit too much, <laughs> too too much of an answer. Um. <laughs> And that's actually our only email, but Davis, I'll go ahead and let you do your job anyway and make the pick. Who, who wins this week's email? I think I'm going to go with uh, Skudika. Sudika. Skudika. <laughs> I, added a, I added a C in there. Yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> I, that I, I picked Skudika. Who knows? It was silent yeah. email. Sorry, Sudika. We went with uh, Skudika, you know. No, yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, going with Sudika. That's going to be our winner. Great email. No, but in all honesty, I know it's only one email, but like, uh, love those type emails. So I think I can speak. Great email. Yeah, love. We love talking about PvP and 
Uh, I really got a laugh the other day, just kind of thinking about how where we started in Cyrodiil, and and I think when we were in Cyrodiil, it was even before BGs were in the game. But what a just what some lost puppies we were uh, back oh, in the day. Yeah, that's why I like solo BGs is a great place to learn. I think that's probably of all the things we just got done saying. I think that's probably yeah. the, the most beneficial thing is just tell them to go to the solo queue and have some fun in there. And, That'll probably be what they need. Yeah. And yeah, great point. Scroll podcast at gmail.com. That's the email address. Uh, or you can hit us up on discord or in game. Uh, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoon's goon. It is literally the best PVP guild in the game that just so happens to be the best named guild on the PC and a server. It's also the official guild of the scroll and podcast. If you'd like to join Again, you can email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. Um, if you're on a different server or if your uh, guild roster is full, then just come join the Discord. Um, anyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon, and really that's where the action is happening anyway. That's where we're talking and, and doing stuff uh, anyway. So uh, scrollandpodcast at gmail.com to join the guild or the Discord or both. If you'd like to support the show, uh, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a star rating or especially a review. Helps us out a lot. If you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollinpodcast and receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. You get a number of benefits from that, including access to the Booncast, which is a shorter ESO podcast that I do on the off weeks. Uh, and of course, the greatest gift of all is just knowing that you're helping support the show. If you can't do the Patreon right now, then just come join the Discord. That doesn't cost anything. We have one of the best communities out there. We'd love to have you. Everybody's welcome. So uh, scroll on podcast at gmail.com to join. Heck yeah. Shout out to Uncle Sam and want to buy my dog in the chat. Thanks for joining us tonight, fellas. Pleasure to have you. Uh, another shout out to Uncle Sam and Wanna Buy My Dog, as well as Joral, Exoelion, CPU Scientist, Morty, Sam Tarley, aka Other Sam. Uh, we've all just been playing together quite a bit here lately. Fun bunch of bunch of goons. Uh, shout out to the Elder Goons. Thank you guys for being around for so long and being our friends. And shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, GrizzlyCon, Thomas, Taggard, and Mother of Dragons. Thank you guys so much. Davis, what else you got? Uh, just, just happy to be back, man. Happy to be back. Uh, doing another yeah, I'm episode. glad the hate mail is going to stop finally. <laughs> You know? It's just been uh, flooding in, I bet. I bet. I bet. Bring uh, back Davis. <laughs> bring back Davis. Uh, but no, happy to be back. Happy to hop into some BGs again. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to to get back and uh, you know I'm always sad when I miss a show. I'm always sad. Happy to be back. Yeah. It it always reminds me of how much I need you. Never leave me. <laughs> uh, Sam says, "Let's note, Uncle Sam was here long before Dog. He just got here at the end, and a half a shadow is probably appropriate." Okay, half shout-out revoked. That's fair, that's fair. Half an episode, half a shout-out. It's fair, dog. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.